Hi. Hello. Hello. How you doing? So good. Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three birth professionals. And best friends. And we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. Or as we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. I'm Kim Haynes, midwife at a busy birth center and small home birth practice. I'm Meredith Rout, also a midwife at a small home birth practice. And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula for clients in and out of the hospital and also a birth assistant with you guys at your lovely out-of-hospital practice. (laughs) Can I do a quick shout-out? Of course. Please do. Our amazing, lovely Olivia had her baby. Yeah, I was hoping you'd mention her. I'm going to tell her story later. Wait, she had her baby today. today. No, not today. No, I was going to say, It wasn't today. But um, it was a giant, giant, giant tank of a human being. Okay. Aww. And Olivia's a fucking badass. So I just want to say, hey. I'm Congratulations. So proud of can you tell us how big is that TMI? Um, it's a lot. Can I, I guess? You can. 10, 6. Bigger. <laughs> 11? 10, 11. Nice. I think 10, 11. Hello. I think 10, 11. But the kicker is her baby was only 36 weeks. Oh my gosh! Listen, <gasps> I have a friend in a very silver situation right now. Actually, Olivia just had so much love to give. She gave it all. Yeah, the baby she did. just grew to a giant, giant proportion. Baby's anyway, got the giantest heart. I'm going to tell her story not today though, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to say hi to her because she's amazing. Congrats, Olivia! You're amazing. You worked so hard for that little nugget or big nugget. That's not a nugget. That that's rotisserie like the, chicken. That's the whole. Yeah, it's the whole chicken. <laughs> Enjoy your baby moon. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds. Such a misleading term. It right? sounds so nice and chill. <laughs> it's usually not. It's not. Um, I feel like it's been a really long time since we've done this. Has it been a long time since yeah, we've like, sat down and recorded? It's been yeah. almost two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. yeah. But I'm super excited for today's episode. I feel like it's an episode we've been talking about doing so long. forever. And we finally are. <laughs> we've barely been waiting for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting around to doing it. Well, I asked Jen if I could tell her story. She said she said yes, but yeah. I cannot confirm. Yeah. So in my mind, she was saying no. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> but now she did definitely say yes. So today we are talking about a subject that is it, it makes waves in the birth community because there's so many We're like sh- tsunamis yeah there's so many strong feelings about it and talking about weighing risks versus benefits so we're talking about breach birth bum, bum, bum. and everything that we can think of to talk about surrounding breach so we just learned a lot about breach and we're really thankful we learned so much i taught them everything i learned at my breach workshop kim took a breach workshop breach without borders um and she taught us everything she learned at it without showing us any slides that could or could not be against (laughs) copyright it said i couldn't show you i know i'm a rule follower it's okay she was so (laughs) into it she knew all the stats she memorized all of them and so she shared all of them with us i love rules so but the interesting and you'll hear about this when we talk about our birth story of the week but um she had gotten a surprise breach when she was signed up for her class but had not yet taken it the universe and i have a relationship i don't know if it was really that much of a surprise (laughs) no i know i know (laughs) and 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 the universe has a wicked sense of humor and Mm -hmm. so i appreciate the fact that after practicing for almost eight years never seeing a breech birth yeah in 15 years of attending births never seeing a breech birth yeah finally signing up for a really good breech workshop and then she was like you know what i'm gonna send you a gonna give you some context for that training three weeks before you come and learn about so well played madam well played yeah 
I have to say, I do not feel like a basic midwifery training really sets you up to feel confident for a breech birth. I do feel no. like the training you did goes above and beyond. Yeah. Making it far so, more like comfortable. And so I feel like that's a whole part of it is that I feel like a lot of us, and I know even me for the longest time before I learned some of this stuff, um, you hear these scary things about breech birth and it just kind of sticks with you. The idea of it being really dangerous and not really knowing how to handle it. And so it just feels like something that incites a lot of fear. I know that I watched some kind of anime video and I, it was a breech birth and even knowing that it was a video and everything was fine. Like before I knew this stuff, I was like holding my breath, like, I don't like that. Oh my gosh. What's yeah. happening? But I felt completely different. Um, after learning some of the things I've learned about breech birth and recognizing what's normal and that's normal, the same as what we do when we're talking about uh, head down births. Yeah, I remember when we st- when I first started London Tree, I like really wanted to get trained to do breeches, like especially if one of a surprise happens, but two if like there's an opportunity to do one, I would love to learn. And I just remember like look like telling you that, and you looked at me like I was fucking crazy. I'm like, why? And why? you were like, you kill no, babies? I never want to do that ever again. I never want to do that. Like, no. you're well, crazy. And now I'm like really excited for this conversation to figure out if Linden Tree could eventually potentially do breaches because that's still something. And I was saying it totally naively, like, oh, I just want to be that cool midwife that does breaches, but I still want to. But I realize yeah. now that it's. Well, because even Kim's opinion on it has kind of like gone up and down and around the block. It's just—it's crazy. It's like a roller coaster of emotions. It's just out of my comfort zone because I've never attended a breech birth. Yeah. So for me, it's like that's why I don't travel to other countries. If I can't speak the language, I don't want to go. It makes me uncomfortable. So, (laughs) but if I learn the language, I would go. Yes. So when we took the workshop and then like doing all this research, it's it's like safer to have a vaginal breech birth. Mm-hmm. overall supposedly according yeah. to the statistics but for me i'm still uncomfortable i'm like i don't want to do it so that's why after doing all this research we want to have this episode because we are you know big proponents of informed choice and informed consent and there's a really big culture uh, where we're from and i feel like most places where it's like you have a breech baby it's automatic cesarean um, and we usually leave the risk factors of cesarean out of the risk benefit conversation. But before we really get into the like risks of vaginal breech birth, um, I think it's important that we talk about because there is more risks associated with vag- with breech birth in general than there is in a head down birth. There is, but after the workshop and then like after Jen's birth and after just because Jen and I both went crazy researching after that, like everything we could find on breach, anything yeah. at all. And I feel like the, the increased risk factors are just due to um, the lack of what's the word Provi- you experience. need to have a provider that has experience. Mm-hmm. Like, like the risk isn't right. inherently with the physiology of breach birth. It's with whether or not you have a trained provider who knows a different way to approach a breech birth rather than a vertex birth. Which, right. Which is what ACOG says. Like, for example, if you have a shoulder dystocia, and you have someone there that has no idea what they're doing and they yeah. start doing bundle pressure. Yeah. Like, you know, right off the bat, stop. Like, what are you doing? Or you're just gonna, pulling you're... on the baby's head. Right. Yeah. Like, if you don't know how to handle a shoulder dystocia, then the wrists are through the roof. But yeah. once you... Or, I mean, you could say for anything, for a hemorrhage. Right. Like, if you don't have a provider who's trained in handling these emergency situations. And I mean, honestly, after the training, I wouldn't even consider breach 
an emergency situation. No, like after learning it and like feeling it and seeing it, I feel like if you could do enough of them, they would be just as safe mm-hmm. um, as, you know, a, as a Vertex baby. But then how do you get that experience? Right. You know what I mean? I think you just have to get a reputation. I mean, there was really only like two people doing this training from what you said. And like, it definitely seems like people come from all over to go to them because they're the only ones. That, uh, uh, for the record, them. I do not want that reputation. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just clarify that real I quick. I just never want to have to watch moms have to push that hard ever again. So before never. we actually dive in like, like a muff. Good, to good the safety of actual breech birth um, versus cesarean birth. We'll start at the beginning. I want to start, start from the beginning because I think that everybody who does birth uh, would prefer to have a vertex baby over a breech baby. Yes. And so I thought we could talk a little bit about some of the common causes of breech birth and then ways to prevent it or try and to like get the baby to, to flip head down before you are even faced with the option of choosing between a vaginal breech birth or not so there's there's so much information out there about like breach or thoughts or statistics so for today just because we have so many listeners that are in the hospital i went with acogs yeah um percentages and information so according to acog around three to five percent of women will have a breech baby at term and term to them is 37 to 40 weeks okay so if you're out there that's every out of 100 babies, that's every three to five out of 100. So that's actually pretty high. That's percentage. Smart. Yeah, it makes you realize how many times they probably, like how many C-sections they end up doing just because of breach presentation. Yeah, which is interesting because um, we know that, like, politically speaking, there's this real big shift to try and lower primary cesareans or cesareans in general. So having providers that are trained in doing vaginal breach birth uh, would be really a good way to try and reach that goal. Sure. Um, our backup physician and uh, there's several that I know of that will do breach in the hospital if it's not your first baby, but not primary not breach. I don't know anyone that does primate breaches. So then if we're trying to prevent that from happening, I'm going to say that like in pregnancy, I find one of the, the biggest causes of babies being breaches. Um, like the mom's pelvis or ligaments. We talk about spinning babies and Webster technique chiropractor so much, but I've always found that unless something is stopping a baby from getting head down, they usually there's usually a reason mm-hmm. why they're not head down. And um, I feel like a lot of times it has to do with the placenta. Could a yeah, placement of the placenta. But if your pelvis is off and is pulling your uterus into a weird shape. It's going to make it harder for baby to have room to flip to head down. Um, And that's why, like, even preventatively, um, they say that Webster Technique chiropractors have, like, an 85% success rate in having breech babies turn to head down. I've read a lot about um, stress, like, high-stress women having Mm -hmm. breech births. And it sounds super hippie, but I think we've been learning, at least over our podcast, if you've been listening, that the hippy-dippy way seems to be just the truth (laughs) there's always something to it there's always something to it so with high stress moms the babies tend to snuggle upwards but Mm -hmm. do you want to hear what ACOG says yeah what does ACOG say ACOG says that the main contributing factor to having a breach presentation is simply that you've been pregnant before there you go (laughs) thanks ACOG and 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 obviously it's because there's so much room the baby Mm -hmm. can just keep turning yeah around Um, over and over multiples that's obvious 
um, oligo or polyhydramnos. So I guess if there's More. a ton of fluid and they can keep flipping, mm-hmm. that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Abnormal uterine shape. So if you have like a bicornate uterus, um, some sort of septum that I've seen that before. So that makes sense too. And that also plays into what we're saying with the Webster technique chiropractic. Cause if your pelvis is tilted in a weird way or your ligaments are tight, tighter on one side than the other, it's going to give you an oddly shaped uterus that makes it harder for the baby to flip. Right. But if you have a uterus that's like horned, like anatomically, yeah, like anatomically different. shaped differently, like no amount of chiropractic care will fix that. Yeah. Like that's just the way it is. But yes, for the rest of them, placenta previa, um, the baby tends to be breech if you have a full previa um, or certain birth defects. Babies do not turn head down for that. But that one was super minimal. Really mm-hmm. rare. Okay. But those are the ones that are listed on their site. Yeah. And so I know in my practice, I like to say like trying to prevent it by doing those exercises, by seeing a Webster Technique chiropractor. And I've even had people who've had success with that. If they find out their baby is breached, like when they're full term, like keep doing it, mm-hmm. keep doing it, yeah. keep trying. That um, happened with my cousin. She found out her baby was breached at 39 weeks and they did an external version. It was successful because usually they're coming doing that at least three weeks sooner than that. So it just like it's important to know that you can still have a successful external mm-hmm. version, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. At 39 weeks. One other one, one other thing that I've heard people talk about being a contributing factor to breach is like um, umbilical cord stuff, which mm-hmm. that's kind of rare, too. But like if you have a baby yeah. with a very short cord and they're wrapped up in the cord and the uterus is at the or the placenta is at the top of the uterus. It's gonna make if if the baby, it could. I mean, I think it's pretty rare, but it could make it harder for a baby to flip down no matter what you do. And I think that wouldn't. I think that would only keep them from turning vertically. It's like it's right in the middle of their body, so it shouldn't keep. It shouldn't make them breach. But if they are ver- if they are not vertex, it would make it a lot harder to turn that to way. To turn them, yeah. yeah. And that's one of the reasons why, because we can talk about. Um, external cephalic versions now um, I don't really know a lot about external cephalic versions some people are really big proponents of them other people are not other people are like if there's some reason the baby's not flipping which is why there's a lot of monitoring that goes on like are you going to cause a cord problem or whatever um, but a lot like of I've people so many successful ones that yeah. save vaginal births that a I would always s- recommend trying unless there's some indication not yeah, to. Me too. I wouldn't say it would be my first choice of a suggestion like but if you've really want to have a uh, not have a vaginal breech birth and the other less invasive things have not worked than finding a provider who right. is, yeah. it was, it would be worth it to, to try that. It also depends like how much time you have too. Like obviously if you find out pretty early on, you can do a lot of things in the meantime, but if you find out kind of later, the baby flips late, which is really uncommon Yeah, for me, it seems worth it to just kind of go in yeah. and do what you can do as quickly as possible in case you do go into labor. But I have to say like, it's hard to get a scheduled version on the tape, like on the books, like immediately. So there's plenty of things you could do in the meantime before you get to your appointment yeah i think um i keep hearing about like out of hospital providers doing ecv i have also been hearing about that right yeah. and I'm, I'm super excited because you guys i signed up for that class oh really oh i'm gonna sign up for it too yeah jen signed me up for it i didn't really have a choice go so you. i'm going mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i'm super excited have a buddy. i wanted to Yay. go it's awesome i want to go um but it's i don't know is that in our 
can we legally do ECVs so as out-of-hospital midwives? There's, it doesn't state anything. Like, to me, I always thought that's way outside of my scope because they do it with an ultrasound to make sure nothing's wrong. Right. And then they do it near the OR in case you need an emergency cesarean. But a cord problem that you were talking right, about. Or right. something. But then I wonder, is it just, is that just not because we don't have the knowledge? Like Or the experience. Or, right. That's just like that it. Culture like, are of we fear. just terrified of it? Like, breach because we don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is ECV, I mean, a lot of midwives that i not that i know but i've heard several midwives talking about doing it just in their office and just thinking about like the stress associated with like going and getting an ecv it would be so nice to be able to offer that at yeah. home for people but i have zero i still don't know how i yeah ever doing that well but. it's also one of those things where it's <laughs> like you weren't ever planning on doing breach but once you got right. a, more trained on it you felt more comfortable so right. maybe ecvs are in the same basket right yeah. so and i've seen them be so successful the only time it hasn't worked in our practice was a mom who had a um, a septum she had a uterine septum okay. and so the baby couldn't mm-hmm. turn like mm-hmm. there was no way to turn the baby i've not heard of the people i know who do them out possible i've not heard of any complications arising from their efforts to do them i've had one client who what got to 42 weeks and found out at they were hospital clients found out at 41 and 5 that their baby was breech tried everything that you know we would do out of hospital try and get the baby flip didn't work um and her doctor in Winchester actually tried to do an ECV before going in for a cesarean, but he wasn't able Were to. They pro- was it their first baby? Do you know? Yeah, it was a first baby. You just have to imagine there's such a little point. room at that point. Yeah. yeah. yeah like like I said, it's room. worth trying, but I wouldn't be, that's unfortunately not surprising because of the yeah. size of the baby. Yeah, he wasn't able to get the baby to flip head down and she ended up having a cesarean. Um, so yeah, so but there's... then a- you had a mom who scheduled her cesarean for a breech baby mm-hmm. right and oh, then and that's right tur- the baby story. turned on its own yeah so that's another thing that i wanted to talk about is that in this culture especially if you have a hospital provider i don't see it as much with um like us as out of hospital providers mm-hmm. um there's like so much fear again involved where it's like my baby's breech my baby's breech my baby's not flipping and then they're like well we really don't want to risk the prospect of you going into labor at all which again makes it sound super scary and terrifying and terrifying and, and also and like so if they have emergency cesareans available which they should be able to do in a matter of however many yeah. minutes you would like hope I just, within like half an hour right like that i don't i mean i get there's always the chance she won't realize she's in labor and come in and be pushing but yeah so it but it does add to that fear that this is so yeah, abnormal yes. and it's so dangerous that there is a very big culture of for someone whose baby is not flipping by the time they're like 36 or 37 weeks to um, just plan a cesarean at 38 or 39. And so I wanted to talk about that a little bit because that's not something I really agree with. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that is because of the stories I've seen where it's like I had um, a, f- a friend who her baby was staying breech and she was doing everything like Webster Technique chiropractor, spinning babies, moxibustion, like the whole nine yards, like all the time from the time she was like 36 weeks. And um, her sh- she had finally gotten to the point because I think she'd gotten to like 40. She was past 40 weeks. And she was she did not feel comfortable with having a vaginal breech birth. She had been planning um, an out of hospital birth at a birth center, but she had decided with whatever breech position it was in, she wasn't comfortable with it. And so then she decided to go ahead and schedule a cesarean for closer to being like 42 weeks or whatever. 
and um, she ended up, the baby flipped one day. She went into labor like four hours later and had a beautiful <laughs> vaginal celebrity. <laughs> it can happen. So it's like, it doesn't, just because your baby is still breech at... 37 38 39 39, even 40 40 weeks yeah like Mm -hmm. something can happen and the baby can kick into gear and be like oh it's time to go ahead down now and she was actually going in for her cesarean and they were like we'll do a we'll do a um ultrasound ultrasound real quick to see if the baby flipped and the baby had flipped and she went into labor later that night yeah and had a very fast beautiful out of hospital birth so i feel like that like challenging that culture as well if it's really important to you like advocating for yourself to carry for as long as possible yeah Mm -hmm. and so that's part we can i think we can start getting into some of the statistics because it's like now you're getting to a point where you've tried all the stuff to get a baby who's breached to turn from breach to head down do we want to talk about those techniques more is that something you wanted to so moxibustion when i heard about that at first i was like what kind of voodoo bullshit (laughs) i don't i don't understand moxibustion like i will put that right 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 on out there i will so we had a client at premiere who you attended Mm -hmm. and it was forever ago and her baby was breach 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 so it was snowing or it had snowed and they were like, we're going to try the moxibustion, which is their little sticks that almost look like incense, s- incense or sage. Sticks. Mm-hmm. And you hold them next to your baby toe. Yeah. And there's a thing. Which is also there's a pressure point in your baby toe as well. Right. And I use that sometimes. Like I tried using that on our posterior birth. Yeah. At that same point. Yeah. That did not work. <laughs> A for effort. I held it through like 17 contractions. Maybe <laughs> might have started to get a little less posterior. I'd be like terrified. I'm like, I'm just going to break your toe off if I hold it. <laughs> How's this longer? for you? How's this? <laughs> so before you go on on that, I had one client who um, we were, it, it was a birth I did with you at the birth center and her mom was in there and didn't know anything about birth, but she, I could tell she wanted to help in the position the mom was in. Like I was like, if you squeeze her pinky toe here, it can help. <laughs> That's actually what so- Talking about like sending mom or you know like parents grandparents to go make cake we should totally just have them squeeze their yeah. toe the entire and time so, if they need a so job the mom was just like squeezing her pinky toe but i realized like later she goes my mom just kept squeezing my pinky toe and I <laughs> what the hell was that I about i didn't know why and i was like i'm sorry i told her to do that it's a pressure point she's like that makes so much more sense now <laughs> she, poor thing was so sweet she just didn't like want to say anything it was her mom's process that's so yeah. funny but have you but okay listen a lot of people People find rhythmic things to do yeah. for women in labor if they don't. Almost like, all of them. Like yeah. when I had Chris, Dan was petting my head mm-hmm. over yep. and over, which I ne- I don't remember it. But when I went back and yeah. I watched the video, I'm like, why are you petting my yep. head? <laughs> he goes, I don't know. I was excited. I was just petting you. And was like, but okay. then usually it has to stay the same rhythm. Yes. If the rhythm changes. Every time. like, no, 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 Stop it. <laughs> but, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, Mark's so, a bush, so she she decided to try moxibustion and she moxibustion and so they got their little sticks and they went out they live in a super cute little apartment complex and it has snowed and they marched their little happy heinies out in the snow yeah and she laid on like a picnic table in the snow and did all of this outside because you can't do that inside it's so like intense I've the done incense. It inside it's just a lot I mean, if you open don't windows want. and stuff I guess oh. it's like it's super smoky so they did it outside it worked though yeah I've and seen it, it work. Like, no, like I didn't believe them. Like, what? no, it did not work. And she went on to have the most amazing vaginal. We had a birth. Brookhaven but. when I first started working there. 
But it does Interesting. work. It's crazy. Right? I don't. It's a traditional Chinese medicine technique. So I was trying to look like up the trying herbs. to understand because I I still don't understand the way acupuncture no. even works. No. So it's like I know it works. I've seen it work well, magic. Meridians and yeah, I've seen it work yeah. magic, like magic. But I don't. I still don't understand. It's it. not magic. I we don't like, have to. I said like magic. We don't oh, have okay. to understand it. It's Chinese medicine. We're oh, not it's Chinese. mugwort. They're burning mugwort. Oh, Which okay. is like traditionally used for birth, anyways, and like I suddenly feel women's like health. watching Harry Potter. <laughs> isn't or that what, you could watch? Isn't oh, that what Claire topic. said in Outlander helps prevent I was a pregnancy? About to say <laughs> you'll know get a squeaker. <laughs> I was actually going to reference Outlander earlier because she actually does an external version, and it. it's like one of the only versions I've ever seen. Well, they teach it in that workshop. Y'all need to sign up like right now before A-S-A-P. it runs. A-S-S. I'm, yeah. All right. So I think that we can go on to like talk a little bit more. So if like, let's say you are not having any success getting your breech baby to flip into a vertex position. Now you have a really big responsibility for your, like to choose which, what do I feel safer, safer with? Do I feel safer trying to find a provider who will help me have a vaginal breech birth? Or do I feel safer with a cesarean? And how can I find a provider who will help me have a breech birth? Um, and how do I make this decision in a way that makes me feel safe? I think that once that when when you come to that like crossroads and usually it's like 36, 37 weeks, there's no wrong decision. No, because there's like it doesn't there's no research out there to to point you. And what would you what would be the right direction? Like, yeah. what is the right Especially direction? Especially in the States. Right. At all. It's just no right or wrong. What it's choosing you what you're feel most comfortable with. safer with. There's definite, there's definite research to show that vaginal breath, breech birth with a well-trained attendant is a lot safer than what we've been led to believe. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That um, was the big takeaway, I felt like. You do also have a downfall, like, for out of hospital. If you start out out, out of hospital, like with me, if it's with the center we don't do breach right so if you do want like if the ecv doesn't work and you know you have to have a breach delivery then you're looking at finances like you then have to pay mm-hmm. another provider to a- attend you for your birth whether that be a- another out of hospital provider who will do it, which is fairly uncommon or transferring to a facility like a hospital right. so i guess that goes back to what we talk about all the time like even before you get to that point like it- if you've thought about some of the things that could happen, it's picking providers to start with who may be more aligned. If you know that you, if you get to 38 weeks and you're still breached, you're going to want a vaginal breach birth. It would be helpful to think about that when you're hiring your providers in the first place. I had a repeat client. Um, well, she, I did not have a repeat client. It was a mom that did end up having a breach cesarean. And when she was pregnant again, she reached out asking about breach. And I was so sad because I knew, I mean, I was honest. I was like, I'm not, I can't do that. I'm not comfortable with it. And also if you go through the center, we're not, we can't do that because of our accreditation. So she actually did. She chose another provider and she had a fantastic birth, second birth, head down baby. But still like, I was like, ah, damn it. Mm -hmm. Like I got to learn this. Yeah. So before we go to our break, I think we should talk a little bit more about some of the statistics when you're trying to weigh the risks versus benefits of a vaginal breech birth. So let's talk about what the perceived risks are, Mm -hmm. because I I say perceived because I think it's just it's a huge gray area that we're not comfortable with. And so everyone freaks out about it. I don't feel like there's like a lot of informed 
um, perceptions on breech no. birth. It's a lot of just like cultural norms. Well, the workshop that I attended pointed out like over and over again that this country is literally the only country that doesn't have any sort of like research on mm-hmm. breach or statistics on breach because we just go right to C-section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ACOG stated that, you know, the, the, the usual go-to is um, a C-section, but then it went on to say you might consider a vaginal birth if A, B, and C. So it's just, yeah, our, our culture is not comfortable with this at all. Yeah, I remember you saying in the training that they just like kind of called out the American healthcare system yeah. for being more accountable for providing information for people so they can make informed choices because of the lack of information available, not only for moms and families, but for like healthcare providers as well. So I know... Before I did any of this research, my biggest perceived risk was head entrapment. Head entrapment. Where it's yeah. like so everyone's terrified. Of. The idea of it was that the baby's butt is not as big as the baby's head, your cerv- or the feet, and so your cervix could open up enough to allow the baby's body out, but not the baby's head. Yeah. And then the head is stuck inside, and there's nothing you can do. Um, which anytime it's like there's nothing you can do, that sounds extremely scary mm-hmm. um, there's always something you can do yeah oh, there's always something yeah you can but do. It, until you know what that is right. that that is the the feeling most people get that it's like no there's nothing you can do at this right point. and but, then you just picture a dead baby hanging out with yeah, his head stuck yeah. which has totally body. happened before it has happened mm-hmm. before. yeah and then that usually in, in situations where people aren't ha- trained in like how exactly. to handle breach birth and so then that happens though and then it you, that like cements inside people's brains this idea that it's the vaginal breach birth that is inherently more dangerous not not having a provider that doesn't know what to do right and that's just it like you there's a not a huge there's a small group of like unassisted birthers that terrifies me Mm -hmm. like if you have if you if you have a baby that just falls out like great fantastic which some breach births do some breach falls Mm -hmm. out some vertex fall out but but if you have anything, anything at all outside of the path of norm and there's not someone there to go, oh, duh, just do this. Yeah. No big deal. Like you're putting yourself at risk. And yeah. You know, you're not going to let just anybody drill a hole in your tooth and fill it. You, you shouldn't do you shouldn't let anyone drill a hole or drill into your vagina either. <laughs> yeah, that's a t- <laughs> you took that in so many different directions. I tried to make it sexual, but it went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it went terribly wrong. <laughs> we still picked up on it. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people like uh, with the argument of like not birth is natural would like counter that argument a little bit. But also you do acknowledge that things can happen even in nature because nature is kind of can be a bitch sometimes. Yeah. Like that's just like a fact of life. Like just to to go back even further, like before we talk about the other risks, there's a reason that our country is last Meaning yeah. we have the most amount of babies and moms die I don't th- in all developed countries now. We're not, now. Dead we're not last, last, but we're, we're pretty not, fucking I down. I think we're like 36 we're among, 36 or 37 in the developed world. Yeah, out of 38 I think I think we kicked it. Oh, oh have we been using? I, oh, that'd be hilarious if we only call ourselves thirty-seven out of thirty-eight instead of last. <laughs> we're like we're not last. <laughs> no, but I think we may. I, listen, somebody out there research this. I'm pretty sure we just we just bumped. I mean, last. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised, honestly. And there's a reason for that. It's like obstetrics is the is the one area of medicine or whatever you want to call it that doesn't change. We just keep yeah, doing, the, doing same the same thing over thing. and over so, again. Learn how to deliver a breech baby. Yeah. yeah. Learn all of it. It's these gonna things. keep happening. What do we say Learn it was? Something. Three to five 
we say three to five out of a hundred. Three to five yeah. out of hundred. And That's the culture and the culture is shifting. So before we get into the actual statistics, and this episode's probably going to go long. I was going to say, we could probably needed to do maybe two um, episodes on this one. Um, so meh. I want to say that even in the workshop you did, Kim, that these statistics are talking about full-term breach births. Yes. The risk factors for that. Um, even amongst proponents of vaginal breach birth, they do realize that there's different risks associated with preterm breach birth. Right. And that's not at all what we're talking about right yeah, now. And, and so that's because on a full-term breech baby the diameters of the presenting parts are going to be more similar to the circumference of the head right. than on a preterm baby like the right. chances of a footling breech or even a cord prolapse are much lower with a term breech birth than with a preterm birth so yeah. why don't we just state the risk factors and then we can go through them that sounds like, good so it, the, again, this is just according to ACOG. I'm sure there's other risk factors, but their main one was head entrapment. Since mm -hmm. we touched on that one, do you want to jump back to it really quickly and just be done with it? Yeah, go ahead. So we, we already, I feel like we talked about head entrapment already, but I thought yeah. it'd be good to share. I thought it was really interesting to look up what the uh, diameter was of like a buttocks for a term baby versus yeah, their head circumference. When yeah. I took the workshop, I was shocked at how like, oh, that's not a thing. Like they weren't it, even like concerned no, about no, that. No, because if you and every time I measure a baby, I do I so many times I've thought, why is head entrapment a thing? Because when I measure the chest, mm -hmm. it's often bigger yeah. than mm -hmm. the head. But then if you measure the arms and the chest, I'm like, damn. Yeah. So much bigger. It's yeah. so much bigger. Well, not even so. just that. It starts with the buttocks, right? So like mm -hmm. the for right. a Frank Beach, the butt the circumference of the buttocks is actually comparable to the head. So around thirty two centimeters is mm -hmm. what they're saying is like average. Yeah. For both the head and the buttock circumference. And then for a complete breach, it's actually the butt circumference is actually thirty five four to 35 which is greater so that's a great start and then you get to the shoulders this is boring you're looking at me like this is really boring no i'm not that's i was I actually fall for i was actually thinking about us measuring our butt circumference to see how <laughs> i don't want to do that ever my stomach's gotten so i'm so big, glad I, that's what you were thinking because i was like what the hell am i can't I actually hold my legs up like this but donk <laughs> actually would be shocking i think did you guys see that hilarious? Like, I didn't watch the Super Bowl at all, but I sat down next to Chuck when the Gwen Stefani commercial came on. Nope. With, oh, my God. Y'all look it up. Look it up. Yeah. You got to watch it so later. Funny. It's so funny. I all feel right, like I we'd will. actually be comparable because mine sticks out more, but yours is wider. Girl, your so ass I feel like it's bigger than the whole rest of your body wrapped up. I know, but I'm saying like, I feel I like know, actually I have a very I bet wide ass. Ours would be interesting. Wide, it's just wide. You know, who really loves that. It's a wide load. Speaking of Outlander, Jamie Frazier loves wide asses. So he does. <laughs> he wants them like a horse. <laughs> oh, my God. If only I could Look travel. Look at that filly. If only I could travel back in time, find myself a I Jamie will wander Frazier, the world and find you a stone, and I will selfishly liked, not pass through it. I will pass the torch to you, Who likes my test. wide, wide ass. <laughs> my, wide, like, my wide, white ass. I love your wide, white ass. <laughs> I just I'm don't want to touch it. I'm making you a t-shirt for that. <laughs> anyway, so the moral of the story is that the head circumference and the butt circumference are comparable, and then the shoulders are actually much larger than yes. a head circumference. And so, if you were have, if you were um, preterm and talking about having a breech birth, we're just saying that your risk factors would be different than what we're yes. talking. We're they not covering that on this episode, but it would be different than what we're talking about right right now. So, um, 
The next one is shoulder dystocia. Uh-huh. And I will tell you right now. <laughs> it's a thing. Flashback. <laughs> so the thing is, like, um, I mean, it's no different than a vertex baby. Mm-hmm. You you could get stuck. Like, your baby could get stuck on the sacrum. Depending how they're presenting. Yeah. On the, or if their on arms the, are in a weird way up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. The weirdest way possible. The weirdest possible. But the thing is, and that's if you have a provider that can stop and think about the pelvis in relation to the The fetal anatomy, Mm -hmm. which you are really good at. Right. Which it's that's one of your strengths as a provider for sure. One of my strengths. So if you if you have a provider that understands how to resolve that, then you then you resolve it. So I just retook the um I took the shoulder dystocia workshop for um spinning babies mm-hmm. because it was only twenty dollars so if you're a provider go i, I forgot to you told me to do that, that. go get yourself some it's i saw like three ceus <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> it was it was just a refresher you're like oh i knew all that but yeah. it was so nice to see it like in action mm-hmm. it's yeah. the same thing for a for a um breech baby i would imagine you just have to get used to it and knowing what are we looking for and i know right when you were talking about what you watched in that class right um they showed videos over and over and over and over again of real breech births and how to figure out what is getting stuck where and then what like what are the signs that it's going normally and that you can just let it unfold yes and then what are signs that like you need to step in and manipulate exactly and then what are ways that you can work with the pelvis and the fetal anatomy uh to do maneuvers that safely get the baby out and once you like have concrete stuff like oh you can do this this and this it feels so much safer than just being it like oh feel- there's a baby hanging out i don't know what to do it Especially does feel safer it's ultimately so simple but if you if you are a provider and you oh, are not simple in that moment. i will tell you right now you're gonna hit a birth where nothing is working mm-hmm. and jen and i because we had like all this time in in the truck the other day that we were chatting and it was like when you're presented with like a really bad shoulder dystocia or maybe a breech baby and nothing that you're taught is working, your hands just keep mm-hmm. working. Just keep doing You just them. keep doing it. So then you have to stop yourself and be like, stop. You need to think. Think for a second. Like stop using your hands, use your brain, and then think about what isn't clicking. Like what part of what you were taught isn't working because instinct resolves almost everything. Yeah. But if you get something really bad, like the jen's breach or a shoulder dystocia or the dystocia jen had the other day then your hands can't do it on their mm-hmm. own you have to you stop have to moving in. for a second and then think about everything I so always, you should be able to think through it i always mm-hmm. think of the feel your feet like when we talk about neonate resuscitation like yeah. i try to do that whenever there's any moment of just like uncertainty just like feel your feet and ground yourself for a sec because it's always you always can take a second to do that because it yeah. will serve you in the end and then think about where is the baby where is the pelvis right what can we do to get this baby out of this particular pelvis right. yeah which Instead is so of a full-out panic no matter how yeah. experienced you are it's so good to do refreshers just so you can like continue to reinforce that visual in your head it's so nice i mean we've been so just because i have so many kids and we were so busy at the center i never did workshops up until this past year so this past year has been really nice to just like refresh mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. and i'm like damn i wish hospital providers did this also i mean yeah. they technically need ceus they, for they their do. licenses and and for the record a huge shout out to the midwives that we've been sending our moms to yeah um, Tracy and Katie are fucking awesome. They're phenomenal. They've been t- there. There's just 
they make hospital birth amazing like my mom and we need cnms like that so thank you so much for everything sweet but anyway yeah i just i wish that it was more like yeah. you just you need to keep learning like yeah. you you know? So we talked about the risk of head entrapment. The last we talked about the risk of shoulder dystocia, cord prolapse. cord prolapse, and I know that you said we learned in the um, the workshop that the risk of cord prolapse in a breech birth is not as right. scary as r- cord prolapse in a vertex birth. There's so much more time. Than there's so much more time, and there's less pressure. Yes, you know, like once the head, if, if the cord comes out first and the head's behind it that's all of that is pushing on the cord but if the legs and the body are starting to come out usually room right and if the breech is presenting the way it's supposed to Mm -hmm. the shoulders are curved forward and it it, and it provides like a safe space for that that the cleavage it's called a chest crease or cleavage and that's part of the things you look for to make sure that the breech birth is going normally again would have been great to know i know right (laughs) because um he had no cleavage he was was cleavageless yeah he had cleavage on his back that's not normal (laughs) and i think i think that helped me to know too because i think when you've been doing normal birth for so long when we have the idea of what's a normal time frame from when the head comes out to when the body should come out Mm -hmm. and i think that we automatically before we learn differently do this thing where it's like if the butt is out now we think it's a similar time frame like two minutes (laughs) Yeah, and so when we when I learned that it's not like it's normal to be like up to seven minutes or mm-hmm. even sometimes more, it mm-hmm. it changed how I thought about that. That was a what's huge normal and what's safe. Yeah, yeah, and that you don't start counting time until the buttocks are de- like the head. not just presented but like yeah. all the way mm-hmm. delivered yes mm-hmm. so i was like oh nice yeah seven minutes feels like you can do a lot of things in seven it minutes if you have time. to yeah so i think it's time to go to break when we come back i want to talk a little bit more about the statistics let's talk about the statistics of the risks of like the risks the main and, risks. We'll and how to how to decide what's best for you and then we'll dive into that birth story of the week that birth i've been waiting so story. long to tell <laughs> or you've well, been we, waiting so long to tell no, i haven't we lived it you're the one that's waiting so long we're fine <laughs> i know i know all right let's go to break cue the music oh yeah so today's sponsor for our episode is us We started our Patreon recently, and there are special benefits that you can get just by being a patron of our podcast. So if you love our podcast and you would love to support us and putting out more great content, um, sign up for our Patreon. There's three different levels of support that you can give. Any little bit goes a long way in uh, helping us be able to continue making this podcast a reality. And for everyone who is supporting us already, um, we adore you. We thank you so much. Um, And we look forward to entertaining you guys for a long time to come. All right, let's go back to our episode. Welcome back from that delightful break. So delightful. Jess is peeing even more than I am right now. I I am. I put it on Facebook. That's how delightful it was. Is it refreshing? (laughs) (laughs) Was it refreshing? Um, so we're going to have to wrap this episode up because we're sitting on the porch. It's starting to get dark. We're it's so cold right now. Yeah. Um, but we, so we are, we want to talk about, again, you have 
research the risks of vaginal breech birth versus having a cesarean. And now we need to talk about, or you need to research that to try and make a decision for yourself. So we want to talk about some of the statistics we do know when it comes to the safety of having a vaginal breech birth versus the safety versus the safety of yeah. having a cesarean. So that was one of the biggest like eye openers for me who I was like, no breach, no breach, no breach. Yeah. And for head entrapment. And when you ask providers like, why won't you do it? They're like, oh my God, head entrapment. The baby's going to die. It's going to be horrible. Yeah. But the truth is like, if you're having a breech birth, head entrapment happens to anywhere from zero to 8.5 percent whoa no, wait wait. do you say 8.5 or 0.85 no no, no. 8.5 8. that's a huge gap such a ridiculous gap such a ridiculous range and i that's feel like that just is the symbol of like we have no re- actual research on this we, information exactly that's exactly what it is <laughs> yeah. so that's why they were pointing out during this workshop like our country sucks at this we yeah. don't e- we don't even care enough to research it so they're like I don't know. three to five births out of a hundred yeah it's somewhere between zero to eight percent that yeah. your baby's head will get stuck but that doesn't mean the baby won't come out yes it's like that you need a trained provider to help the baby's head right, right. it all goes and down to having was, a trained provider and yes. this did not specify term babies either this okay. was just all breach vaginal gotcha. birth so okay unplanned breech vaginal births so surprise breech vaginal births people in the hospital. who might not do them if they have right. the choice not to this isn't just like home birth breech you know like or what? even hospital birth train provider exactly breach no this was just like oh my god we were gonna have a baby the baby came out for you first and this is what happened so yeah. zero so in a whole year zero babies may be head entrapped mm-hmm. or eight might get th- i mean yeah. we don't know we don't know such extreme yes so it's so crazy but um, overall, like I will say that, so looking at that percentage, so possibly zero, possibly 8% that your baby's head will be trapped and someone will have to get it out. But if you have, and this is, this is ACOG's information, Yeah. by the way, not my opinion, but they're saying that if you have a cesarean, then you are 100% guaranteed that your future births will be at higher risk for um, uterine rupture, mm-hmm. placenta issues where they grow accreta, placenta, into your uterus, which, which is going to be um, a huge issue. And then, so 100% of the time, you will have much bigger risk in, with consecutive babies. And so it's talking about how many babies are you planning on having because, right. um, and it's the same conversation as when we talk about VBAC and ha- trying to have a VBAC versus a scheduled cesarean because you know if you have a primary cesarean it ups your risks for future cesareans and we know every cesarean you have is more risky um, for that birth but also for births in the future and I know right. just personally from my experience with a placenta accreta and percreta or whatever that that is a very very life threatening terrifying terrifying thing to have happen like it's because there's nothing you can do about that well they have to go in i mean that's a surgery sorry i don't mean like you automatically die i'm just saying like it's there's things with like head entrapment that you can do to change the situation there's not things you can do with an accreta to try to like have a different outcome so they go on to say like acog says that cesareans are major abdominal surgery and risks include infection bleeding injury to internal organs you are 100 percent 
um, going to have increased risk with future pregnancies. And then they go on to say that with each cesarean, these risks increase. Yes. The major risk for that in that moment. So, so you're thinking, oh, it's my last baby. What's the big deal? In that moment, you have a 1.5% of severe hemorrhage. Mm-hmm. And if you have a severe hemorrhage during a cesarean, one of the only things they can do, not the only thing, but one of the things they go to is a hysterectomy, hysterectomy because yeah. they have to take out the source of the bleeding. So this isn't me being scary. Yeah. This is just me reiterating what they have said. You can look it up on ACOG's website. And I was like, damn, like I thought they this would is be, a lot more intense than you would. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they'd them. be like, do a cesarean. This is what we recommend. Vaginal birth. Um, with a breech baby is extremely dangerous to say any of those things. Well, I think that's where it comes down to the fact that we pick and choose which risks we mm-hmm. make people scared of. And so like in our country, cesarean is so normal. Right. Nobody. Not just in our country, like in everywhere. so many places. Like, yeah. Cesarean is so normal that nobody really like talks about the realizes risks of it. how much more increased risk it is. Yeah. Oh, well, it's funny for you, you say that increased risk because at across the board, Across the board, vaginal birth versus cesarean, it doesn't specify breach or whatever, but the American Journal of OBGYN, I shortened it, um, and they said that they did a a huge study on this, and 2.2 per 100,000 would die during a cesarean, babies. 0.2 per 100,000 for vaginal birth. But that's not vaginal breach, just vaginal birth birth overall. In general, across the board, your risk is... Two at least two percent higher yeah two times higher at least more than two times more higher than two times, yeah. so, so it's crazy and like we've been present for our clients who transfer and end up with a c-section they just bring in a piece of paper and say sign this this is permission to give you a c-section they don't do any informed consent at all but the second you talk about not doing a vitamin k shot they're like oh dead baby that yeah. drop that phrase like crazy and they'll but do like that they, for breech birth too yes right. but you never so hear it for so it's the difference perceived b- between perceived risk and what has become normalized right. to us and so what information an actual, an actual risk is where are these perceived risks coming from it's like when you get on a information plane, you know chuck's like i don't like to fly because i'll die and i'm like so many more people die in car accidents yes, every all the day. Time. I, I think that the last the last statistic was every ninety seconds someone dies in a car wreck. Yeah. Every ninety seconds. So if we blasted that across TV, every ninety seconds someone else died. Someone else died. Someone else died. Like that's why it's so scary. Meanwhile, you fly and everything's fine. Yeah. So where are the perce- perceived risks coming I from? Think Is that it, it just the few bad outcomes? Or just a feeling of lack of control. I think right. too. And so if you don't have, but we don't have control of anything. No, I know. But if you, it's a feeling of but lack I of feel control. Like I'm in but control. If the baby's if head you, is coming first. If you know how to do a cesarean, then you feel in control of that situation and the risks yes. that you are aware of. Just like if we're driving a car, we feel in control of the wheel and the brakes. If you're not the one driving where it's like kind of with vaginal birth and breech birth and you don't know yeah. how to resolve or you can't resolve a problem if it happens, you feel much more out of control. Yeah, even but then if there's it's completely... Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Well, and and so I just want to reiterate that I, after even knowing all of this, I'm still not planning on being a breach provider like that i think still... you have to undo like 
years and years of years of messaging honestly like we've been receiving the message that breech birth is scary ever since we first started our training right and so it's just like out of hospital birth is scary it's not but i've had midwives tell people well what are you trying to kill yourself and i'm Mm -hmm. like what like what kind of so i just wanted i just wanted to reiterate like we're giving all this information that really truly sounds like a a breech vaginal birth is safer because that's what we're learning that Mm -hmm. that's what the statistics are pointing to but that's not what we're telling you to do so like you can't say i heard kim on the podcast say it was safer i'm not saying that i'm just saying i'm shocked at how safe it appears how to be choices yeah statistic wise and i think that i can speak for you or you can correct me if i'm wrong but you said just like during that workshop when you were watching one breach birth after another where they would like show you they and just, this is what you're looking for here and right. look, the baby's mm-hmm. doing this now and this is a sign that everything's okay and look now this is going to happen and it showed that normal over and over yes. and over and has yeah. a over physiological again. process also that you can monitor for and look for norms yes. after that workshop i really did feel so much more comfortable oh yeah we were like you were jazzed and once you shared with us we were jazzed you we were like yeah we could do this we got this yeah <laughs> i am excited to tell our story because our story didn't fit no. at all into that no, workshop it did no. not at all. so um i think that we <laughs> i think that we covered <laughs> I think that we covered the majority of the things that yeah. we were talking about covering. Um, I would just, I just want to, I just want to say like, if you do have a breech baby, if you've tried ACV, if none of it will work, I just would encourage you to. Uh, did you say ACV or ECV? If you tried apple cider vinegar. If you tried apple cider vinegar. I have vinegar, to say ACV and duct tape breech. do fix that's, most things. So. That's how often I say ACV. <laughs> Honestly, I'm taking it right now. But yeah. if you have tried ECV, you've tried everything. Then also, we didn't do a really big non-spinning babies this time either. I don't feel so. Like. I I usually use you can Google it like using spinning Just babies along it. with chiropractic. Like there's so much information on spinning babies to, so, to help yeah. you specifically okay. for a breach. If you're no, doing if you try ECV, it, it's just again like like our big thing is research research it research your options. I one of my very best friends from from the age of fourteen. We discovered that her baby was breech, her sixth baby, and she said, C-section. I said, do you want ECV? No. Cut it out of me. I'm going to sit in the hospital. I'm going to have my meals brought to me. And mm-hmm. she was happy with it. Mm-hmm. And that was a great decision for her. So and it could be a great decision for you, too. And it comes down to, again, we've talked a lot about this before, like, even if it's a perceived risk that's not real or not as big as what we make it out to be, if that fear is really inside of you and you're trying to have a physiological birth, that fear is going to cause more problems in your birth. So there's some people who are going to feel safer with a vaginal breech birth. And these are some resources you can try and find to achieve that. There's always some people that are going to feel safer scheduling that cesarean, having a cesarean, and then you should have the right to have real informed consent a choice and consent and to not be shamed for either decision and to be able to find a provider who's willing to help you get that because they're both very reasonable choices. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if you're a reasonable choice, you can't afford that reasonable choice, then that makes the next reasonable choice completely valid. Yeah. <laughs> There's no wrong answer. Kim's new life philosophy. It's all about the money. Everything's yeah. okay. But if we can do anything to dispel some fear, then I think we've done yeah, our job. I agree. Well. So before we jump into our birth story of the week, I wanted to, I just wanted to (laughs) real quickly because 
This is also something I've heard a lot in our culture is the perception of different breach yes. presentations being safer or more dangerous. And honestly, it and seems like there's not even a de- like a 100% decision on what the right way so, to define things are. Everything I've always heard is that a uh, complete breach, which is baby's butt is completely presenting and their legs are up at the side of their head. What that, that is called that frank breach. Yeah, frank breach, sorry, not complete. Frank. frank. Um, that that is the safest breach uh, right. position. Yes. And then there's uh, like a, a complete breach where the baby's kind of like cross-legged sitting on the cervix. Mm-hmm. Essentially, they look just like a vertex baby, but they're butt down. Yes. But their legs are pulled up. Their knees are Like flexed. one's completely folded in half and one has legs exactly. flexed up and like uh, crisscross applesauce. Because apple if, if it's a frank breach, there's no chance of the baby's legs coming and presenting down. before their legs are shooting straight up exactly so the reason i wanted to mention this is because and some people call it a footling breach if a foot comes out first but there's some overlap that like a complete breach and a footling breach are actually the same thing yeah um, so there's a lot of talk about a footling only being preterm yes. babies because they have to be standing straight up but and i've you always can't heard have a people baby, a I've, always, size I've always that. heard people say that a footling breach is the most dangerous right kind like of the percentage oh part is so small this is so scary yes. so we're, we're telling you all this because this is how nolan presented so this yes. is why when i saw the feet i froze yeah. like yeah. And oh we'll my tell God. that in the birth story of the week. But yes. I just want to say real quick before we dive into that, that according to the the class you took, yes. that there is not a big difference in risk factors, wh- whether you're complete Correct. or a frank or whether the feet Correct. come first yes. or the butt comes first. You just have to have a trained provider because if you have a complete breach and usually they will stick their feet out as they start At to be point, born. Yes. Um, that, that doesn't mean that that was a presenting part. No, and it's not even that it's more dangerous that it was a foot. Um, it's just there there can be different things that are normal in how the birth progresses if the feet right. come out um, before the butt. Before the butt, yes. And and we should also say like a true footling, according to the workshop, is is dangerous if it's a preterm. Yes, because they are kind of standing up and their cervix is not open. Yes. So anyway, we're gonna stop there, and you guys just. Google the hell out of it yes. if you really want to see it. There's a lot Just of information. Like we but if you're full yeah. term and you're a complete breach or a frank breach, like, or you feel a foot, there's really not a big difference in risk assigned to that, whether there's a butt or a foot down there. That's right. all I wanted to say. So okay. fast um, forward to our so birth story. So now let's go to our birth story of the week. You guys are going to have to... Uh, save a horse, ride a cowboy, and take the reins on this one. Oh, wow. I'm You're holding on to that one. On a regular basis. <laughs> know, on the reg. <laughs> on the reg. Um, because I was not at this birth. No, so you were not. We wish you were. Why don't yeah, you guys do. just dive in? Like, like a muff. Why don't you... All right, let's start. We said we didn't want to mention prenatally that we felt like the baby's head was on this Jen, we're talking about Jen's birth. Yes, Jen, on like, the baby's on her hip. Yes, in the truck the other day, we couldn't decide if it was worse that three of us missed the fact that the baby was breech, mm-hmm. <laughs> or the fact that part of our community thinks that we did it on purpose. Yeah, I have to say that I have a client right now whose baby's head is on her hip, and I'm hearing heart tones exactly the same way that oh I heard Jen's God. baby's heart tones, but baby's definitely not breech. So yes. we really thought, we really thought baby was, for the record head down, Mm -hmm. stuck on her hip with the hands in the way. Mm -hmm. So I thought it would be a compound 
compound presentation. Which would which have sucked. Sucked for Jen, but she's a kick-ass, like, badass, and so she, I knew she'd be fine. And she was doing all the stuff for fetal positioning, too. Things. Spinning mm-hmm. babies, seeing the Webster Technique chiropractor. Yes. Like she was doing. Have we said that she's also a midwife? <laughs> yeah. 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 And she's a midwife, so I she's want- like, no, <laughs> the head is right here. So I, I just, just want to ask the question, <laughs> how many times have you missed a... I, I think we talked about this a breach presentation this isn't something that happens all the time like no you it's missed not a breach presentation we missed that one so funny story that i'll get to later i missed one yes and that will come into play later but i'm okay. gonna wait i've sent three yes. women for ultrasounds unnecessarily because i was over cautious that their babies were breached I and i was wrong always over cautious <laughs> like always 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 I always err on the wrong side so the yep. universe and i are very close as i said earlier and i think that i would like to just appreciate that she sent me this situation three weeks before before you my took your class. class. So this is she just wanted me to laugh. It's not fucking funny. But, say, there's like some real sarcasm. But she was say. laughing. So anyway, so we 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 you mentioned in the hot tub like, oh my god, she's probably breached. And I was like, fuck you. Why would you say that? And then our world just went on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she she texted me. I was waiting. I mean, she was over forty weeks. Yeah. It's her third. Because we know we thought the baby was on the hip at like her forty week prenatal. Yes, not her first baby. So I thought. So she was like, "I'm I'm feeling kind of shitty." And I was like, "What? Like the Rona? Like what? Was <laughs> she's called the Rona?" And then she didn't text me back like right away. And I thought. Ah, and because we thought that she would have a very fast labor which she did which she did considering right so i jumped in the shower i was ready i was waiting for someone to text me back and eventually red did Mm -hmm. and then we were texting and i was Mm -hmm. like let's just head over there Mm -hmm. so long for the record red is her husband red is her husband um because he has red hair that's not his real name (laughs) (laughs) but that's what we call him so so i will say like we got to her house she started pushing. I charted that she was pushing 23 minutes after I got yeah. there. But I think she may have been pushing mm-hmm. when I got there. Mm-hmm. So when I got there. She was pushing she, when I got there for sure. Yeah. And so when I got there, she was in her. They have like a garden tub in their their um, bathroom. And she was waiting for the birth tub to fill. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole goal for this birth was for her daughter Mm-hmm. He was six, Emma, to catch this baby. And she was catching oh this gosh. baby. She was that was the plan. So cute. The oh my gosh, the you pictures guys got of her sitting in the tub oh, like, man. with Jen. I literally and thought my whole oh, job man. was gonna be to keep Emma still. Right. Because she was so excited. She just but like she couldn't was, even contain her she little could body. Not, but she was doing so She well. did so good. We got her like blowing well, she, the best part was she kept blowing bubbles in the birth tub and like drinking <laughs> the water. We're like, you probably don't want to do don't that. Drink the water. <laughs> but when I got there, she um Red was sitting behind her in the garden tub. He was sitting on the ledge, like pouring water on her back, doing all this He was stuff. doing such a great job. He was so awesome. It was like as soon as her contraction started, he was doing the water thing. Emma was flittering in the tub in her bathing suit. She could not, she couldn't contain it. Mm-hmm. She was like, it's happening. And Jen was being so sweet. Like she was like trying to like create this like safe boundary around her without yeah. being mean. <laughs> well, I ruined that because as soon as I walked in, I was like, oh, your boobs look awesome. <laughs> and she looked up at me and goes, shh. Like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I understand. Not the time. I'm sorry. I understand. I'll be quiet now. <laughs> god i ruined everything (laughs) so you showed up a little bit after that so red was like she would start contracting he would pour water on her back get in the tub do all the stuff 
the contraction would end. He'd run through the bathroom, through their giant bedroom, and then mess with the tub. Mm-hmm. And then she would start to contract. He'd run back. Yeah, he's a doer. In, yeah, he's a doer. <laughs> so he's like, he was like on it, back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. Anyway, so you Meanwhile, show Meanwhile, we were just staring at Jen. <laughs> right. We're just watching Jen. And she's checking herself. She was checking herself. And she... Because she, she's a midwife. She's a midwife. And she, right before we moved to the birth tub... And again, all this was like within 20 20 minutes. minutes. She said she mumbled something to the effect of, I feel, I feel fingers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, which is what we were expecting. And I was like, that's fine. We knew it. I actually didn't know she said that. I hadn't heard that part. She mumbled like, I'm like, what do you, what do you feel? She's like fingers or something like that. And I was like, damn it. It's fine. You got this. So she moves into the tub. She starts pushing right away. And we should have honestly, like how hard she was pushing should have well, probably, I mean, that's not did. true with the compound I mean, presentation. It, it would have been indication. Right. Too. So it, it was like, I was a little like, what is going on? Like she was pushing. She was working so hard. Harder than. Like I told her later, harder than any mom I've ever seen pushing yeah. ever. Especially and, for a third baby. Yeah. Like everything in her was pushing. And so I remember like right before <laughs> the, the moment, moment. I, I leaned in and I was like, Jen, you, you know how much this sucks. Like her hands coming out with her head, his whatever. You got this. Like, I know it's hard, but we know how this goes. Like I'm talking to her like a midwife. So like, Kim is like face level with Jen right. behind I'm her back in, I'm behind her Meredith is sitting in front of her trying to like help Emma and feel Emma is like stillness. facing Jen <laughs> facing Jen full on and I'm whispering to Jen like you got this you know how bad this sucks but if anyone can do it it's you but Emma keeps reaching her foot up and like touching Jen's vagina with her foot <laughs> and I'm like which the irony is <laughs> so and so meredith isn't even looking at jen's vagina she's like emma sweet don't kick mama's vagina she's working really hard emma love emma love don't don't touch mama's vagina with your feet but but then but then we realize like it's because she saw she had to have seen that baby's feet coming out yeah so So she's like toe touching with this she's touching her baby brother's foot with yeah right she's like toe so then i finally see the toes and i just try to lock eyes with kim really hard before jen sees me and i mouth to her those are and I didn't get what Meredith was saying. Like I didn't hear. She like, couldn't. What did you say? She couldn't pick up on it. What? what? Eh? So eh? then I like I ba- I waited till Jen could pay attention to what I was saying. I was like, so those are feet. No. And I tried to stay so calm. You didn't say it yet. <laughs> I saw oh, okay. the feet first. Oh, okay. Because I didn't understand what you were trying to say. And I so then I reached in and I saw, I saw the feet. And my whole world just. Oh, yeah. I got to came. see Kim's face. I've, I have to say, I've seen Kim go through some shit. And I don't know if I've ever seen her face turn that white before. Fell like a house of cards. I, it was, I mean, that was the only time you've not ever kept your game face. No. But Jen couldn't see your face. So it was fine. But I was my just like, whole, oh, no. No, my whole insides just turned to a solid block of And ice. once I saw. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> once I saw your face, I was like, my job right now is to stay as calm as humanly possible. And you right did. Now. Because my insides were so. <laughs> were solid ice so i'm looking at these little toes and then i'm like that's why she kept that's why emma kept reaching her foot out because it was toes so meredith holds it all together she goes so that's a foot like (laughs) 
She's smiling from ear to ear. Because I'm like, trying not to freak out. Because I knew like, Jen was going to be pissed. Yeah. And so, and I'm just like, I don't know. I was frozen. I didn't move. I was just standing there for a second. With and my, so I think, I, I don't remember what I said. But I think I was like, it's okay. You did. We talked about this. We're going to be fine. We all got this together. And as soon as you she's, said that, I like. looking at Kim like, you've got this, I know. Kim. Okay, pull your shit together Could right you? now. Please get it together. So then, so then when you said all that, it's like all of a sudden I, I, that was it. Like Pop I, back into your I body. I popped back in, but for a minute I was like, I would like to acknowledge if I had been in your shoes and I was the primary, it would have been a very different situation. I don't know, but you looked way too happy to say that's a fun. I think I was like one of the situations where you have to laugh because if you're not, you're going to cry. Oh, I was crying on the inside and I was like, okay. That's why you, we always cry. Right. That's why we cry. And I was like, we got this. It's fine. Oh, man. Anyway, All right. Anyway, so. So, so Jen kept pushing really really hard and 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 she did such a good job such a good job like she didn't really change her energy after finding out she really just like was like i gotta get shit done so i'm gonna get shit done yeah and she did and red was like could not push hard enough on her back just like so much energy Mm -hmm. because the sacrum was like so really expanding it was Mm -hmm. so awful and so the baby was coming down like sitting in crisscross applesauce Mm -hmm. so i can't even imagine that's why jen was working so hard like that diameter that baby was coming down in unbelievable Mm -hmm. complete breach complete breach and the the like the feet even were crisp like were they were crossed at the ankles Mm -hmm. anyway so she pushed and she, I just remember, like, once you and I, like, once you snapped me back into it, Jen just slowly turned and was like, Kimberly. And I was like, Jen. <laughs> Sup, what's up, girl? Like, hey. and, and she did say, like, I'm scared. And I said, no, no, you are not. We are not scared. I know it's scary, but you're, like, so, am- and I'm just, like, pep talking her because yeah. she's a badass. There's no other person on this planet that but, I would have wanted this to happen right. with. Like, I knew, like, at least it's Jen. Like, there's nothing that's going to go wrong. It's Jen. Like, she's not, like, we're just going to keep going. Like, we're just we going to keep this. going. Red kept yeah. going. Emma was right there. Like, she was in it. It was fine. And everything was going fine. So, um, so we should stop this story for a second mm-hmm. and go back to the workshop. Okay. So she, (laughs) the entire workshop was video after video of these babies coming out in a position breach that I didn't recognize. I'm like, not Nolan, not Nolan. That's not Nolan, not Nolan. So I'm like, I don't understand. All these babies are just like coming out. Without what? any kind of man- right. maneuvering or manipulation, or, yeah. or, or if very there mild. are maneuvers, it looked very different from what you saw. Very different. And yes, there was always arms, like the arms were always hanging down, or yeah. or they were able to like sweep an arm down or whatever. So the whole time, or there was progress, or there was progress, <laughs> something. So at the very end of or the workshop, or the baby was not posterior. <laughs> right, right. So at the very end of the workshop, she says, and I'm like, God, I just feel like something's missing. She goes, and now I'm going to show you the presentation that I hope as a provider you never see because it's near impossible to resolve, and, and no one knows what to do about and it. No barely, one knows what to do, and but, it barely ever happens. And yeah. it barely ever happens. But if you do have this, here's some things you might be able to do to resolve it and so then we watch the video and it's fucking jen's birth and mm-hmm. i'm like oh my god of course the universe is like oh kim p.s here's the hardest breach you could ever ever ha- ever have in your entire career ever boom right mm-hmm. there 
And that's what it was. So moving forward, where yeah, were we? So explain exactly so was, what happened from your point of view. When so so I had to go back and look at the like Meredith took pictures the whole time. Mm-hmm. So because at that point we were like, this is a normal breach. We're just gonna let this baby. We're not gonna touch the baby. Well, I just wanted to let it happen. Meredith goes, "What do you need?" And I said, "Get." the phone and take pictures and yeah. she goes okay but i will say we didn't talk about this but one of the biggest rules for most normal breaches is like hands off let the baby do its thing mm-hmm. unless and that's what something I kept saying. wrong is happening right. yes and so in my mind i kept going hands off the breach hands off the breach don't touch him don't touch i mean it was obviously boy at this point mm-hmm. yeah so like don't touch him don't touch him don't touch him but the thing was in the workshop they made it very clear that if two contractions go by and there's no progress at all, no, no change, yeah. then you need to do something. So at this point, Nolan's legs are both out and so he's up to he's his up umbilicus. To, he, he's mm-hmm. up to where? He's so up it, to his umbilicus. Yeah, it took point. him two minutes to go from his feet. To where, so when his feet came out, yeah. from his feet, and this is all from the pictures, yes. from his feet coming out, until he got to his chest. Okay. Actually, was two minutes. And he's still in a transverse position. Yes, Correct. He, he has never not rotated. gone from anterior or posterior. No, he which hadn't is what, rotated. For yet. the most part, babies at this point will rotate to an anterior, to an anterior. position. He did not do that. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> he did the opposite. He, so he's still transverse. Right. Okay. He's still transverse. <laughs> so he, and I kept saying to myself, like, hands off the breech, hands off the breech. And breach. we were still in the tub at this point. Still in and the tub. So two, more than two contractions has gone by. He's up to his oh, chest yes. and he's not making he any was further not progress or rotating at no. all. Like he nothing, was just there. His color was just slowly getting mm-hmm. whiter. whiter. Mm-hmm. So it took from, according to the pictures, because we were all working, um, we had, it was two minutes from his feet being out mm-hmm. until his chest. Yes. And then it was six minutes from his chest until his head came Which out. Which technically okay. isn't super far from like what their general right. recommendation for breach is, but just because of his weird rotation and right. his arms, it was so like, I don't story. I can't tell you like exactly how many contractions it was. Yeah. But I didn't touch him until we were out of the tub. So, so at I some pr- point you were like He's not coming anymore. Right. Get he out wasn't of the tub. moving. Well, it was also like really unintuitive to watch a breach in the water because they were like floating. And we're always like, you know, you want to use gravity yeah. to right. help them come out. And so like I do know you can have safe breach bursts and tubs. But like especially with him not rotating, I think it just triggered like some realization that like, hey, this isn't working anymore. So, so it was Jen, really weird that he's just floating in the tub yeah. right now without progress. And so the Jen pretty much did everything on her own, like yeah. naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, and, and and when I saw the workshop later, they said the moms will intuitively do all the things. Get in and positions. So, and she did. Mm-hmm. She stood up, right? So mm-hmm. like three minutes later, and this was, pr- she was contracting right on top of each other. Yeah. So it was like contraction, contraction, contraction. The baby wasn't moving at all. So I knew something was wrong, but I hadn't had the workshop yet. So I didn't know what. Mm-hmm. But Jen intuitively stood up. Or, or I told her to stu- to stand up or something, but she intuitively went into that bend forward position. Yeah, that was, so that's in all the videos, right? In all the videos, the moms naturally lean forward, and that flexes the head yeah. and allows the rest of the body to be delivered. So I didn't know it at the time, but Jen was instinctively mm-hmm. like she stood up and nothing changed. Yeah, and then she 
like kind of squatted over the side of the tub and and i didn't know why she did it but now i know like she was just intuitively doing what she knew she needed to do and nothing changed so it didn't matter what she did the baby was stuck in the transverse position to his not coming down anymore was was not coming down and then he stopped moving and the arms were still in up they were his still hand, up over yeah his, his hands head. were still up so the arms never came down it was just from nipple down was out mm-hmm. and he was kicking like at first yeah, he, he was kept pulling his he kept pulling up, his like little legs do. up because that's something they heads. do in the workshop is tummy crunches and that helps flex their head mm-hmm. right yeah. so he was trying so he was doing all the things that he was supposed to do but it wasn't working and i think we kicked into high gear when he went limp. Yeah. So he stopped moving. He yeah. stopped kicking. He stopped at that doing point, his tummy she was crunches. Like hands and knees on the bed at that point, right? Because she went from the bent over to hands and knees. So she, and I feel like that's when yes. he rotated posterior. So she, we got her out of the tub. She didn't want to get out of the tub. She actually yelled at me. Yeah, she did. She was like, "I need a minute," and I was like, "You no, don't have a minute." We I think don't we have were a minute. all like kind of yelling at that point, like, but like in a coaching way, not like right. in a frantic way, but just like in a we need to try all these isn't things that way, now isn't kind that of way. When you slapped her on the ass. No. Oh yeah, you did do that. It was a climactic <laughs> ass slap. It was yeah. like Jen, I need like, you to get out. Kimberly, I need a minute. Jen, we do not have a minute get out of the also, tub. Also, it felt like, I mean, no, like without knowing that you have six to seven minutes to get a breach out, it felt like an ex, like an exorbitant amount of time had it passed at so that point. Anytime something happens, at, like anytime I've been at a birth where something weird is happening, like a weird presentation or a shoulder dystocia, time slows down and it oh seems gosh. like it's go, like so much more time has passed than actually has. Yeah. And this is how our entire preceptorship went. I would tell her to do something and she'd be like, fuck you, I'm going to do the opposite mm-hmm. of what you say. Mm-hmm. So that's what was happening. So she, she like, she screamed, just give me a goddamn minute and i responded with a flap like <laughs> i just swung at her and right on the ass right on the side of the ass and i said get out of the fucking tub or something like that i don't know and she did and she was like ah! and so she stepped and and while she stepped over red just grabbed her and picked her up and ran her over to the bed on yep. her hands and knees so it was just like i'm sorry i hit you on the butt like and <laughs> those scheme of things it was probably the last thing she noticed yeah, so so nothing she did worked. So she was on her hands and knees. He didn't move. So then we flipped her over and he didn't move and we flipped her back. So nothing. So in the workshop, it had said at like, this point, we had called EMS at this point. Um, Once we got her on the bed, yeah. that's when I said we need to call EMS. Mm-hmm. And that's when all the all the stuff was going through my head. Like, what if I can't get this baby out? Like, when does the violin music start to play when does the baby just pop out like when do all the things that happen in the video start to happen they're not happening what do i do yeah and so and this is like when you said you take a minute and you like stop using your hands and you start using your head right and so there was nothing i could do with my hands at that point like the baby was halfway out he hadn't moved in like five six seven minutes however many minutes it was was it was five probably at well that it was point. like eight minutes from but by the time st- we got on the bed it was hands and knees it was probably like six minutes right at that yeah, point. yeah yeah so so at that point i was like we had flipped her a couple of times and then i was like okay stop like i had just had teddy a horrible shoulder dystocia mm-hmm. like one of the worst i've ever mm-hmm. ever had um we had to call ems for that one but he did he did come out obviously um but that's when i flashed back to him and i was like okay I'm just going to do what I did for Teddy. 
I'm just going to do it opposite because this kid is upside down. So I did end up having to, when she was on the bed, I was able to follow up his side and find an arm. So what happened was both of his arms were behind his back like and over his head. So he was kind of like doing a dance. Like with Christina his... Aguilar in like a belly dancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he had a complete crease in his back. Not, had I... not his chest. Not his chest. supposed to be. So this would have been great to know. Like if I'd have seen that crease four minutes ago, yeah. I would have known, oh, you need to do something. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that. Yeah. All I remembered from school was like hands, hands off, off the, the breach. breach. And it had been fucking forever. Yeah. So, um... So anyway, so once we were, once I realized like he's not coming out, he's completely concreted. I did, I did actually pull a little bit. Like I pulled up, I pulled down, mm-hmm. nothing, it didn't do anything. So I was like, okay, figure it out, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> so at this point he hadn't rotated posterior. He didn't rotate posterior no. until you got his arms out. Right. So okay. I got one arm out. You followed up his spine. I followed up you his, hooked. I followed up the side of his, his side, his torso, his, oh, his torso. torso and I found an armpit. And then I was like, there's no arm. That's cool. I'll just go higher. And meanwhile, poor Jen is like yeah. dealing with me now having an in hand going all, all which up way. In all yeah. weird. So I did find his, his arm completely posterior, crossed over the other arm. So I was able to kind of like... And when I got that arm out, I was like, victory. And I thought the baby would just. Now it's just going to happen. Now it's just going to happen. The violins are going to play and the baby's going to pop out. But again, nothing happened. I'm like, what the fuck? So then I went to the other side and I reached up and that arm also was completely posterior. All the way behind his head. All the way behind his head. So I figured out a way to get that one out. Once that arm popped out, he rotated not anterior (laughs) so the all the normal is they always rotate anterior Anterior. and then their head comes out so he rotated the opposite way he rotated to posterior completely so then you guys deal with his chin getting trapped so then he he was he was completely extended no 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 even attempt at flexing at this point he had he can't muscle tone yeah he had just gone completely floppy as you would do yeah being and that is one thing they do say in the breach train that we didn't mention is like you do end up resuscitating breach babies just because of the time that passes they often do need resuscitation afterwards but his his cord as is indicated in the pictures was beautiful yeah like he he was was still getting blood flow from his cord which is always something if you're doing a surprise breach birth you can look at to see if they're still getting some kind of oxygenation yeah and so okay so he went posterior so then we flipped her. We flipped her several times because mm-hmm. I kept because that's what you do. Just keep moving. Yes. And I kept thinking like in all the goddamn videos, the baby just falls out. Yeah. Why is he not falling out? If I flip her this way, he'll just fall out. But he never fell out. So his arms came out. He went to posterior. And then I was like, what the hell? Like he's still not coming out. So at that point, we had already called EMS. Mm hmm. I did yell at you to hang up the phone at one point. I did. Yeah, because I was getting really asking they kept you, being so they did that thing where they like want to keep you on the line and I was like, I have to fucking go. I can't do this right and now. And I was like, hang up the phone and turn her over. Anyway, so I did the thing where I followed up his chest, past his chin, past his mouth, and the whole time I'm like, This is weird. And I managed to grab his um what is it called? His, his maxilla max Yeah. Is that right? Maxilla. Like above maxilla. his like below his eyes. Yeah. Like and and I did. I did the whole thing where you like just pull his face down. Then I reached up with my other hand, and then I learned later that's actually a move, right? Mm-hmm. Like you intuitively understand the just, physiology of what was going right. on, right? But one if of you the get the physiology, moves. you do it anyway. Yeah. So I just did it, and I used my other hand to 
cock his head down. I pushed up on his his occiput, pulled down on his maxilla. I want to say you're talking about like his orbital bones. Yeah, yeah, but they're it's called a maxilla. Or okay, so, you know whatever it is, somebody look it up. I don't know. But, maxilla um, is like the top of yeah. Your that's mandible. it, and that's what you yeah. get. Yeah. So um, so I flexed his head, and he came out. Yeah. And he came out. <laughs> Woohoo! And then the violins were like, oh. He came out. Yeah. No, I still didn't hear. I was no, so pissed off. It was off. so intense. I was and so you, angry. And then you still had to do a resuscitation. So I was so, when he came out, I practically threw him at Jen. Yeah. I was like, fucking take your kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't ever want to look at him ever again. Like, but he was completely white. His eyes were shut. I have to say, though, he did not take as much resuscitation as I would have anticipated. But I will never forget that moment where his eyes snapped open. Oh, yeah. Because I tossed him onto Jen, and I was like, oh, God, okay, we did it. Yeah. Like, that was it. I was done. Like, I was about to go downstairs Mm -hmm. and be like, let me know how the resuscitation goes, because Mm -hmm. I'm done. I'm done now. Check it out. So I... And then you had the bag. Mm-hmm. So you had already started like bag like bagging him using PPV and you gave him a pup, a couple of, of and then his eyes, popped his open. eyes snapped open <laughs> right over and they snapped open and like to the side. So he was looking right at his dad, like, boom, what the fuck? And he was so white. Oh. Yeah. And his eyes were so black. It just looked completely it was really, demonic. It was really intense. <laughs> it was so intense. And then we, and then you started like oh look he's fine and jen goes could you please keep puffing i don't think i ever stopped but i was like trying to lighten it up a little bit and i said jen stop being a midwife and just (laughs) just just lay there for a second so anyway like he's crying i mean literally within a minute like he's on her chest you know they're snuggling it was totally fine like that was totally fine but he just called her baby demonic. I mean, I don't know how else to describe what it looked like. It looked like something out of a horror movie. It was like his entire yeah. body was white and his eyes were black. It yeah. was like, boom, what are you it doing? It was little. It was out of nowhere. He was very angry. And yeah. then he was angry. So anyway, he's the cutest baby on the planet. He's, he's so, so happy. But two things. One, all Jen and I could say to each other for that first two minutes was, what the yeah, like, there was a lot of that volley. There was back a lot of forth. like, what the fuck, 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 fuck. And then here's the kicker about the first bird, the first breach I had ever met. Meredith went downstairs to tell EMS that they weren't needed. And the head EMS guy was the husband oh. of the only other breach I've ever missed. Oh my oh, God. That's right. What I about wanted that? to kill myself, literally kill myself. I was like, Oh my God! He probably thinks that this woman is completely irresponsible. This happens all the this time. This happens all the time. I was so embarrassed. I was like, "Oh my God! I can't believe this is happening!" Again, the universe. Yeah, she and I, we have a relationship. Anyway, but Jen was—I cannot believe how hard that birth yeah. was and what she went through. Yeah, and she fucking just she just did it. And we talk about how she much harder it. it is to like birth when like you know what could go yes. wrong and so she dealt with that also with the not not just the like the intensity of like the woman birthing the child but the, also the intensity of like knowing what all of that meant for her baby yeah and, and we too we were in such a weird place for a while because for for two weeks i mean i'm not kidding i was traumatized I had yeah PTSD. Oh, yeah you had to work through it hard i had to work through it i yeah. thought i was killing a baby i was like this baby's gonna die and it's my fault because i didn't take the workshop soon enough like i can't believe this is happening Jen was feeling guilty that she didn't know her own son was breech, mm-hmm. but um, shit, where was I going with that? Oh, later when we did talk, she said 
she had felt like she just needed some time. Like if we had just given him more time, he would have just fallen out on his own. But I know, I know that that would never have happened. Like feeling him, he felt like concrete. Like he was like concreted into her vagina. Nothing was working. So it was just, she and I have talked about it several times because it was like, not only is she, was she a client but she's also a midwife and a friend and a friend yeah. well, and a midwife work, who works with you. Right. And she's my, she's my other midwife. Like, yeah. yeah, she's my colleague. So I was terrified that she would hate me forever. Like I did everything wrong. Impossible. Yeah. It, no, it's not impossible. Anyway, it was just, I can't believe that the breach we got. Yeah. All other surprises. But as you say, though, can you imagine doing it with anyone else? Like, no. I can't imagine doing that. Absolutely not. Else. Absolutely not. And I've gotten texts like, oh, my God, I had a surprise breach. I'm like, oh, how'd it go? Well, the baby just fell out. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Fuck you. And the breach births <laughs> I did were like that. They just All the ones out. I've heard it's are like, like that. we'll do a breach birth. And the baby's just like, push, like yes. one push. I'm so like, the whole time, well, that was was easy. It's like there's surprise breaches and you call EMS, but you don't even have time to like get anywhere near right. that because they just come out. Yep. I just thought for sure, like. All those videos I had seen in the past that Nolan was just like, give, just give him a second. He'll mm-hmm. fall out. Give him a second. He'll fall out. It just didn't happen. Didn't happen. <laughs> the opposite. And so you got the baby out. Um, and We all did. He's it was so a very adorable. big group effort. Yes. I mean, you all got the baby out. That was Red, a collective you. Red described the climax moment as a group of lionesses. <laughs> the climax <laughs> The climax moment. moment. There's a he lot said, of roaring going on, that's for sure. He said it was a group of lionesses. Did you guys have an O face? Roaring at each other is what he said. <laughs> and I'm like, does that mean we were all screaming? Or like, what? He goes, no, I didn't think you guys looked panicked. You guys just looked like a fierce bunch of like fuck. powerful, fierce, powerful women, and you were roaring at each other. And that's just—I wasn't worried at all. Say, there's nothing more powerful than a circle of strong women. That's very true. It's very true. So, anyway, I love you, you Jen. A- we love you yeah, too. Yeah, you're amazing. So, I do want to. God, go- the story gets me every time. Ooh, Ugh. I know. Before we close out the episode, I do want to really quickly say. From what, from what we learned at the workshop, the thing that you should not ever do if you ever, have a surprise breach. Ever, ever. Which is something you said you did a little bit of because... I did. Is you should never pull on no. the baby. Never pull Don't on the baby. That. Do not try to pull the baby down. No, not ever. You actually... The, the, it was so awesome. You learned to push them up and yep. turn mm-hmm. them, which I wish I would have yep. known. If I had known yep. that, like that dystocia would have lasted half that time. Yep. Yep. It's called dis- if, disimpacting yeah. and rotating to yep. try and... Or sweeping arms, but never, never, never just... Never pull. Usually, hands off the breech, the baby's going to come out fine, but never pull the baby down. You can get the baby more stuck and yep. do that training. It's so worth it. It is. It's, yeah. it's an amazing, it's amazing training. Do it. Yeah. And so, like, just to, like, wrap this episode up like a dioc. I love that, like, the whole time we were, like, the, I feel like the overall message that, like, brief it, like, breach is safe enough to consider. Do your research. And then we end with that story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I also think that it's very important to know that we ended with a story that um, could have gone so much different, but the baby still... we. The outcome ended still, up being positive. The outcome in the still end. ended up being I positive. Like to think and it's had, because I closed my eyes yeah. and completely understood the anatomy. Use your brain. 
Yes. Yes. Just try to figure out what is where according yes. to the maternal pelvis. But that just speaks to like, also that came from your experience, you know? Yeah. So like that just speaks to the idea of like find a provider it's that has because, experience. It's because I had just had that horrific dystocia. That dystocia was one of the longest, hardest dystocias I've ever had. Mm. And then Nolan was born two weeks later. Yeah. So that dystocia, and I keep saying Teddy saved Nolan. Like yeah. hands down. And it's so they have a special, they have a connection. special bond. They may never meet, but if it yeah. weren't for Teddy, I just don't know. I like to think I would have been able to figure it out, but it's because of Teddy that I figured it out so quickly. Yeah. So basically to sum it all up is that breach birth. Um, while we, a lot of people have heard that it's scary, it's dangerous. It's unacceptable. It's an automatic cesarean. Um, the culture is shifting. Um, wanting a vaginal breech birth is not a ridiculous thing. Not a taboo anymore. Um, that th- there's a very real weighing of risks versus benefits when it talks about having a cesarean versus having a vaginal breech birth. And that the risks of breech birth, if you have a trained attendant, are a lot lower than what we have been um, taught to believe um, so that it really is if there's informed consent a very reasonable decision to want to have a vaginal breech birth so do your decision like do your research yeah. and um, there's no wrong decision in any of no. this it's whatever you feel is most comfortable and safe for you and your do baby. your research talk to providers and I'm really hoping and I'm seeing that there are more providers that are getting more comfortable with the idea of vaginal breech birth so I'm hoping the culture will start changing more and more just like so many mm-hmm. other things and then um, I think we should end this episode on like a cheers to Jen for yes. being such a badass. Seriously. So, Jen, we love, we you, love Jen. you. You're a badass and cheers. cheers. Also, Nolan's adorable. So cute.